0: All right, thanks for coming out to another IHC podcast. This particular podcast is gonna contain several questions for the women of IHC. Happens to be a timely podcast as the month of March happens to be the Women's History Month. The women with me today do identify as women and our focus today is on women and we don't want to exclude anyone. This podcast is really for any persons out there that just wanna be better versions of themselves. And the women that are here today I think do a great job of representing uh, people, and in this case, uh, women. So a shout out, you know, to all of them today for taking the time to speak with me on, uh, you know, the topic of being a woman um, in today's age, as well as uh, being a woman at IHC. So uh, welcome. Uh, some brief intros uh, to Lauren, uh, Katie, Hannah, and Juliana for a, a brief, you know, maybe intro for those people who don't know who's here or what your role might be um, at Camp IHC.
1: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll kick it off. So I'm Hannah. I'm originally from Ireland and um, I've been at IHC, this will be my fifth summer now, I'm pretty sure. And um, yeah, I work on girls' side and then during the off season, I also work, you know, in the office, helping out with the staff recruiting. And um, So yeah, I suppose that's a little bit about me.
2: Yeah, so I'm Juliana. I grew up at IHC um, and have been on staff now for a while. So this is going to be my sixteenth summer this summer, which I'm super excited about. Um, and I work on girls' side as well. So
3: and Katie, I apologize because I'm sure you identify as being young as well, like I do. So I didn't. <laughs> to, I didn't mean to offend you, but
4: you go ahead. Oh, no offense taken. It's funny. I have i think gracefully transitioned into i as being one of the older ones like i say to girls all the time like think of me as like your mom or an aunt i'm not quite your grandma yet so i'm totally happy with being the older one or so not older but in the older crowd um so i'm katie i am the health center director at camp ihc i've been there for a while now i think i always lose track but like more than 10 years And and I also work as a nurse in a local hospital. So um, I think some of my, in coming into this, I think that I'm thinking of this as as women of IHC, but also like outside of this world as well. So happy to be here.
3: Awesome. And I'm Lauren. Um, I'm actually the owner director of Camp IHC. I um, have been around for a long time as well. I think it's um, safe to say that even though I didn't go to camp as a child, I very much have grown up and gone through many stages um, of growing up at camp with people like Katie and Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think IHC is a phenomenal place to be regardless of who you are or you know um, what your identity is. IHC is a place for everybody. And I'm really excited to be sharing this podcast with these incredible women that um, you know share a big part of our IHC story.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you. So so we'll get right into it with our first question and you know depending on you know who feels, you know, there's a, there's no wrong answer here you know you all have valuable experience through your age through your wisdom through your experiences through, through the biases that you've experienced you know just had throughout your life um but the behavior models you know like this concept of there are campers that come to camp that look up to you um you know through the ages through the years as they grow up and then they're going to become mentors and models to younger campers so What behaviors are important to model specifically in this case as IHC women?
3: We usually all talk over each other. So I'm (laughs) laughing that for some reason we're all shy. Um, I'm happy to go first. Um, So I think it's um, really important, you know, as a leadership female at camp. you know that that we are seen as being approachable and being really good listeners, being a steady voice and a steady hand. Um, you know, for for our younger staff members, um, I actually think that the most important role modeling that you can do for anyone is being a good listener. I think that we are being raised. Um, in a period of time where we're all just waiting to talk um, or post a comment or share our opinion. And I think we've really lost the art of slowing down, keeping quiet, and just opening our ears. Because I think when you truly listen to somebody, you truly get a better appreciation of what they are trying to communicate, of where there are where they are at, almost like making an effort to connect to their heart. Um, and then when you hear, you can then really think about how you're going to respond in a way that is going to be helpful, right? Um, so I think that is the most important role modeling that you can do. And that leads into, you know, another really salient part of you then respond with truths. And this is something that I think is a real challenge, particularly for females um, or people who identify as being female, that we tiptoe around truths sometimes because we're worried about hurting people's feelings or not being liked or, you know, a whole host of things in the middle. Um, But I think that another important role modeling um, you know uh, area is then speaking truths to each other and you can speak those truths because you have first listened um, created you know your interpretation of that um, and then can share the feedback that that is clear and concise but is spoken with complete truth and love so that's what it is for me.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Katie, Juliana, Hannah, anything you want to add?
2: Uh, I, oh, go ahead, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think at IHC, I mean, Lauren, I mean, Lauren obviously said it beautifully. Um, but I also think that there's two parts of it. There's being a model for our female campers and then for our staff. And they relate to each other, meaning that we are being leaders and role modeling for our staff, but even how our campers see us interacting with with our staff is also um, is also a big thing because the campers do just pick up on everything and um, we want to kind of or I want to make sure that we're we're showing them what being a female is all about and, and strong and a leader and um, empowered in that sense
1: yeah absolutely I totally agree Juliana I also think as well that and um, as leaders you know people, the staff and the kids look up to us as a very positive role model. So, you know, it's being that positive um, smile on the bunk line every morning, you know, like a big, you know, grin from ear to ear and just really being like that supportive kind of like aspect that they look up and see every single day. And also just looking at things like in a positive way. So like a glass half full instead of a glass half empty kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm really just depending on us in in that sort of way as well.
4: I I agree with both of like everything everyone said. And I um I with my job in the health center, it's a little bit different. Um and Lauren's so true about like listening and like letting people like holding space, like a lot of people we talk about holding space. And I think the other portion of that is especially with children not just girls but also like girls women but children is also like encouraging their own self-advocacy so like we need to be there to listen but I like I one of the things I often do a lot and I I have it with parents and I talk about it with campers and girls I I do feel like oftentimes I see where the girls aren't the greatest at it um, and it's something I encourage is that speaking up and like I'm here to listen for you I'm modeling the behavior. I'm here. I want to hear what's wrong, or I want to hear what you need, um, and allowing them that time for self-advocacy and, and encouraging girls to speak up because I think that, like, especially within healthcare like we get so used to telling people what you're going to do next or you're going to come here then, or you're going to do this. And I often like try to say to kids and I need to know what's going to work for you. So same thing with women. I mean, I, I think that like with my staff as well, I'm saying like, I'm going to tell you what I need, but I'm here to hear like what barriers you have. And I will say that like, we're talking about the women of see That's one of the things that I've felt is wonderful. Cause I get to turn this job as a, um, a foil as to what a hospital job is like and so I do feel like a lot of times like with Lauren she's always like but Katie tell me like tell me what you need I'm here to listen to you so tell me what you need to me don't tell me the problem tell me what I can do for you and so I think that that goes along really well with what Lauren is saying is that like encouraging those under us or encouraging those that are that we're listening to to also give us something so I just I feel like it goes along nicely with that.
3: And I think that's a really good point because obviously we serve, you know, in the summer, two different groups of of women. You know, we serve the little girls who are going to eventually grow up to be, you know, um, grown women. And then we serve our staff members. Um, And Katie, I don't know if you would agree with this, but I think our little girls are really good at advocating for themselves. I think little girls have a voice and they're not afraid to use that. But what's interesting is that as we get older, we lose that voice a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not how we're wired because we can evidence that in our campers. Like we are little, we are loud, we know what we want and we can advocate. Um, But it is interesting that as we get older and grow, you know, through teenagehood and then into early adulthood, even then middle-aged women, you know, struggle to advocate for what Mm -hmm. they want. Um, And you know, I think that's a problem you know within society, so Katie, you're hundred percent right. I think a big part of our role modeling is to really help young women again find their voice um to advocate for themselves, but maybe even more importantly than just you know advocating is 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 showing them how to do it because mm-hmm. I think that we've we've come to um believe that if you are a woman who can be clear and direct and say what you need or what you want that you are bossy or selfish or too direct or I have been in so many meetings where I've been called too direct I'm not too direct I just have a busy life and I need to squeeze every second out of every minute so I don't want to beat around the bush I'm just actually effective and efficient um, so, but there's this, you know, belief for women that if you're going to be like that, you're going to be criticized. And yes, you may be, but 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 don't get um, disheartened from that. Like, keep your eye on the prize and what your ultimate mission and goals are, because you will achieve them better by staying true to that little mm-hmm. child advocate that's in you. Um, and I think that will open doors for you.
0: That's, yeah, uh, yeah, beautifully said. And it allows me to transition in this next question perfectly, Lauren. So thank you for teeing that one up. As I say is, uh, do you feel there are still inequalities, times you are perceived differently than your, you know, identified male counterparts? Um, and you kind of let into that, you know, there, there is this double standard still out there. And what, if you're comfortable sharing are some times where, you felt the double standard that you feel that if I'm direct, I'm considered a go-getter. If you're direct, you're called the quote B word, you know, um, you know, is, do you still feel that's as bad as it was? Is it getting better? Are there some examples? Cause I kind of want to go down that route um, before then saying what, how are we making the world a better place by changing those standards?
3: So again, I mean, I can, speak to this. So encouragingly, I don't feel it with our young um, male or female staff members. Like, I think this generation of, you know, 18 to 25 year olds is really on point in relation to equality. Um, And that makes me feel really good. um, Because it makes me feel that the future is bright and is moving in a direction that, you know, certainly IHC wants, you know, the needle to be pushed. Um, My experience is though, you know, with more kind of peers of, you know, within my industry is that it's still very male driven. Um, It still is very sexist. There have been things said to me in meetings that just would not be said to a male counterpart, or there has been judgments made about me or my style that would not be said to a male counterpart, even though their style may be something similar. So I have learned to navigate that by almost accepting what I cannot change, but investing in the things that I can, right, is that I feel like there are generation, people in the generations above me, um, that just are, it's just like ha- ha- lifetime habits. A habit, and yeah. I And I can't invest myself in changing that because it's not really for the greater good of You know the ihc community or beyond so i've chosen just to focus my energies on the areas of the world that i can influence and hope that by doing that all of those many people involved in that time and effort from my part go then out into the world to spread it even further so i think it's just for me about picking your battles Mm-hmm. And remaining focused on what is actually going to create the most beneficial and enlightened
2: change. So for me, I actually think I'm pretty fortunate that I I haven't had that experience um, at IHC, and also I don't really interact with that many people of uh like like you do in in those in those meetings. Um, something kind of light and and silly that I do notice that is um it was with one of my good friends who who works with us but driving I think it's always something that comes up and I know it's silly but it definitely makes you think like I was I was in a situation recently where I was driving where I was driving and in, in New York City and I drove the whole time and um, I like driving and the person was like oh um, you're a good driver like I never knew I'm like yes I am but then we got <laughs> to park and it was parallel parking and he was like do you need me to park for you and I was like what? <laughs> so, um, and I, do I think this person was thinking to themselves, oh, she she's a female, she can't park? No. Do I think that things like that still are happening? Yes, but I also think I'm fortunate enough that that's really the only kind of double standard I, I've had to deal with, so.
0: Yeah, I, uh-huh. Juliana, a great example though, because yeah. there probably are, innate sort of like these bait you're like oh women are bad drivers and and what a funny story you're like driving in new york city one of the hardest places to drive you've grown up in this area of course you know how to drive (laughs) Um, Um, Uh, go ahead hannah or julianne or katie
4: i i'm only gonna jump on that because i was there's two parts to this number one to say that one of the reasons i've always loved ihc is that i've always felt like women do get a fair seat at the table like i do feel like and even like there are times whenever i do get emotional and then i'm like okay like i mean there's those times but i would say like there's times when the guys are quote unquote hot-headed so i don't think that like i don't like nothing's perfect but i do feel like at our camp people do get a fair sh- seat at the table and i would say that what lauren is saying though i've seen it in the industry though that is not the case um But what I do, a funny story that kind of goes along with what Juliana was saying, and this is where women do get a fair seat at the table, even, and we've, I feel like we are open to like, within our group, like hearing, you know, the other side or like breaking down those kind of stereotypes. When at One time we were driving in the city and it was for a very early pickup to take a car someplace and Mark was doing the assignments and he assigned Bart to go and I was like, um, Bart is not as good a city driver as I am. I think you want me to go and help you pick up the cars. And Mark was like, "Absolutely!" And like, he's "Like, okay, great." Like, we'll change that around. And the funny thing is, though, I am a terrible Parker, but I know that Lauren is an excellent, like, parallel Parker. But like, parking is one of the things where I. So I just, it's funny that you brought that one up because I do think that like, we as a unit, like, those things happen. But also, like, as a IT group family. We're really open to saying like, oh, actually, he's not great at that. And she is or vice versa. So I think that that's one of those places where I've always felt like I'm not I'm judged by my content, not like I'm a girl or he's a boy or Mm -hmm. what have you. So I just and if I ever do feel like like you said that like stereotype is ever on us, I feel like we've been a safe space to say like, actually, that that's not really hold true for me. So, I mean, that's just what I find within our IHC
1: family. But. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think as well, and um, you know, IHC are very fair in the fact that say when it comes to like um, you know, the harder jobs, say like pre-camp or post-camp, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, you know, it's all hands on deck and everyone's, you know, pulling their way. And I really like that because, you know, if I'm a female, I'm out there as well with the rest of the the squad and we're you know um we're mowing the lawn or we're doing all those tasks that aren't typically maybe you know um for females or whatever it may be but at IHC it's just like you know all hands on deck kind of thing and I really like that because I've always been brought up like that as well like my dad would be like out cutting wood and I'd be helping him cutting wood you know that kind of thing and um, so I love that as well I think we're very fair when it comes to you know roles like that.
0: yeah yeah Yeah. and and then programmatically it translates right into it um can you speak to you know are there opportunities there's no double standards for the women or the boys you know because it's it's really if boys want to dance they can dance if if girls Mm want to play baseball they can play baseball i mean lauren and you know we you know katie all you know since I've been there, there's been opportunities for women to do what they want and men to do the sports and activities and, and things that they want with no sort of, oh, you can't do that. Um, at so
3: totally. Sport. like, And 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 I think this is where we, you know, I think it's sad that we would have a reputation for being, you know, unapologetic, unapologetically progressive, because I don't think this is that progressive. Like, I think that, it should be commonplace that you are not def- that you are not defined by your interests or what you like to do or you know roles that you're assigned. Like I think IHC has long left that you know behind. There may be a reason that you can't do something, and that is completely fine. Um, but but no, we we don't have girl assigned roles or activities and boy assigned roles. Like we just don't believe in that at all. And, you know, obviously Katie and I are also mothers. We are raising um, both boys and girls and, you know, we don't parent in that way either. Like, yes, I will openly share that I'm raising my sons to be boys and my girls to be daughters. I'm obviously open to them deciding when they get to an age, what they identify as, but I'm not raising them to have my boys only play with cars and my girls only play with dolls. Like that's not who we are. It's not how we're raising our families. Um, And it's certainly not how we're running our camp. So it makes me sad that that means that we're progressive, but um, you know, I just think it's important for viewers to understand like, you know, who we are. and 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 look, it's not just about the physicality of tasks, right? It's about like, you know, the emotional engagement to 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 things as well. Is that um, you know, again, we don't expect, you know, the girls session and orientation to be talking about our feelings and the boys session to be about beating your chest and you know, being the alpha male. Like you guys are talking about feelings and hard stuff. And the girls, we're talking about being empowered as well as the hard stuff, right? So yeah. I think we've worked really hard to weave that, you know, messaging all the way through um, our um, staff experience, as well as then translate it into the campers, you know, experience on camp.
0: You're right. And it, and it comes full circle, like Juliana Hanny was saying, if we model those behaviors, when we interact with staff, then the younger generation sees that and models that. If we don't model that, um, those actions are seen, and then the belief is, oh, they just say that they don't do it. But we do and act and say <laughs> the things that we say, and model that. So, so where does that come from? Um, you know, and, and the way I ask is that your influencers now. So, are were there influences, influences currently, influences in the past? Like, who influenced you, or who were your motivations to be the best version? of yourselves
2: well so i guess for me because I, def- I i grew up at ihc so i obviously that was a long time ago and this is now but i think um camp was always my favorite place for a variety of different reasons and growing up seeing my counselors seeing um shelly and now lauren role modeling that um, I I want to do the same thing for the campers and move forward at the same time. Um so I think that I think that's what it is for me. Yeah.
1: yeah, I totally agree as well. I think as, you know, growing up for me, my mom was obviously a big role model, you know, for myself. But then when I came over here and was, you know, surrounded by everyone, um at camp, like I just was like, wow, there really is so many powerful, amazing women in this, you know, camp industry. And like camp was like very new to me when I first came over and it really opened my eyes because I looked around and I was like, wow, this is incredible. You know, it's not just my mom that's a role model to me now. Like, you know, Juliana said, there's there's Shelly, there's Lauren, there's Katie, there's, you know, so many of these like powerful and, you know, amazing women that are supportive as well and that are truly great role models. And it really, you know, pushes me to be that role model for, for our campers and for our staff as well. You know, I really love taking that role on um, every summer. It's very special.
4: I would yep. say, oh, uh, do you want to go? or you wanna...
3: No, you go. Yep.
4: Um, I would say kind of jumping on that when I came to camp, I was in my like late twenties, I think. And um, so I grew up with so many strong women in my family like honestly the women are the dominate like they the women do a lot of the dominating in my family like same thing like the women like the women all drive like like all the women are the drivers in my family so I came from like a long line of like strong women strong mom strong stepmother all my aunts I have five sisters that are all very like strong so I then I think I came primed for that kind of like empowerment. And then that's what I found at camp. Like I, you know, I came and at the time, like same thing, Shelly was there. um, Karen, who was the head nurse at the time, they were all strong and, and, and kind in these different ways that like, I think have helped me kind of temper some of my stuff. Like there was like Lauren said earlier, like being able to listen, I think seeing some of these different strong women in different ways have also like influenced me to like, be a better listener or like, and like, I've learned a lot from Lauren. She and I both have grown up together and there's so much, I always chuckle cause Lauren's a little bit younger than me, but there's a lot of things Lauren's taught me like in addition to learning how to boil a perfect egg, just like, how to listen <laughs> or like and which, and which is such a good point too. Cause women, we are like, we're doing, we're doing the domestic arts we're holding our own as moms and we're working within this field and so again i've learned so much from my peers as we've grown up so like the other women that came before us and those little powerful girls beneath us but those of us that are kind of growing up together like we've learned so much and like like i said learned how to temper some of my things or learn to listen and learn to wait or you know so i i definitely not just the ones before but also my peers like you lauren
3: yeah, yeah, and and similar to Katie, like, you know, was majorly influenced by many amazing women, you know, throughout my childhood and young adulthood, my mom, my aunts, my grandparents, you know, obviously Shelly, um, my sister, like to name a few. But I think like, you know, what I have learned and who I always, um, you know, gravitate to and learn from the most is ageless it's got nothing to do with whether they're older than me younger than me my age it's got everything to do with people who i think are living an authentic life and are working and living within that authenticity right so i have learned so much from all the women you know on this podcast as well as many other who you know work at ihc but i think i am pretty good at observing who is is, is, is living with integrity. And I know that that's a a word that's thrown around, but I do actually think it's so important because even our staff members who come to camp for the first time as like a 20 year old, I am really looking to see who is living and working authentically. I don't care about your image and I'm glad that I didn't grow up in an age where image was everything, you know, we didn't have all the social media that you guys have to, or, you know, for your listeners that are, that are, um, you know, staff members that you guys are exposed to, it must be extremely hard, you know, to kind of decide who you ultimately want to be and just live authentically within that. Right. Is that I think you're so influenced by image in a way that we weren't, but, 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 I see through that, right? And and I um, really I gravitate and learn a lot, but also invest myself more into the the male and female staff um, that are living very authentically and have put image aside to accomplish their greatest work than I am those that look great on paper or on screen, but there's nothing. Deeper than that um, and 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 those people, you know the the former of the two, continue to influence me throughout you know the journey of my own life.
0: Amazing. Amazing. So our final question because I mean we could talk hours and hours you know for this is so speaking to the other gender, the other, women that aren't quite there yet, haven't had the opportunity to, to put themselves and experience themselves in, in a more open world. You know, what is one trick or trait or skill that you would say, do this, um, try this? Um, it could be one of the attributes or traits you spoke about earlier, but giving advice to someone coming to work at Camp IHC where there is equality, where there is expectations how can someone be successful not just at IHC but in this future world that we want to see where everyone's the best version of themselves?
1: Well, yeah, I think it's so important to, you know, be fearless. and. Um, and really just, you know, put your fears aside in order to get your goals or your dreams in life and just not really be like intimidated by anyone else. And um, I think it's it's so important just to be fearless and really be a go getter and go get those dreams that, you know, you have.
2: So I guess kind of going along with that for me, um, I think. Faking it till you make it is something I've literally always done. And I think I will continue to do. Um, I think about my first few years on the leadership team in terms of confidence. I faked it till I, I made it. And I, that's something I still do. And I think that's because I think when you are doing that, you eventually embody that. And I think that's like the most important thing for me in any situation I'm in. Um, and then it eventually comes true.
3: So. Can I can I can I just comment on that like and and help if you don't mind help you with with that narrative because mm-hmm. I I actually having known you since you were a camper
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, have never thought I don't think fake it till you make it is is an accurate statement. I think you didn't give yourself an out. I think you allowed yourself to reach your Potential, which is actually about you fulfilling what you always should have been. Um, You may not have felt comfortable, but Mm -hmm. you weren't faking it. You were living. You were living your true Juliana self, Mm -hmm. but you weren't limiting yourself by doubt, right? You Mm -hmm. you pushed through the boundaries of doubt, and that's something that I think a lot of women who listen to this podcast will relate to. That doubt steals our joy, and so many. You know areas of our life, so yep. I don't think for one moment that you faked it till you made it. I think that you silenced doubt and pushed yourself through that, mm-hmm. um, and allowed yourself to then showcase what you were really made of.
2: Okay, so thank thank you for adding to that, and you definitely really said <laughs> it much, better, no, much yeah. better than I did. Um, and yeah, no, that that totally makes sense, and I. I love that you are able to say things in ways that I, I'm like, oh, that's, that's true. So thank right. you. Um, and I think, yeah, exactly. Just kind of still pushing. And yeah, I guess the doubt thing and, and confidence and just, just keep trying and, and not giving up. So
0: yeah, Katie, and, did you want or Lauren?
2: Yeah. yeah, Katie, go ahead. I just was kind of similar,
4: but uh, what I have always kind of Done with my brain is, and it's similar to what both you girls have said. But is that um, setting an intention and just being brave as you go for it? And, and it's it is some fearlessness, or it is you know, fake until you make it. But like Lauren did say, it so much better. But it is kind of true. Just set that intention, and then you have to be brave. Like there, like just like Lauren said, there are times where you're uncomfortable. There's times where you know, you have to get outside of what makes you comfortable. I was having a conversation with a very strong female that I adore yesterday. And one of the things she was saying was like, she spread herself very thin as a lot of us often do. And I said, you have to just stay true to yourself, whatever your intention is, stick with that. And if some of these things aren't right for you, be, like Lauren said, also be, be honest with yourself, be honest with others. And so I, I just feel like for my own self and my own goals and my own like role with an IHC, I try to set that intention. I sometimes have to reel myself back in because I am a little bit of a dragonfly, but I have to set an intention. I have to set those goals and I have to be brave to get to them. Cause there's sometimes where it's easy to be like, Oh, I'm just not going to do that. Or, Oh, I, that's hard. I'm not going to push myself to that. End. So it's kind of like Hannah said, also with the fearlessness, is that, you know, or, you know, you just have to set that intention and get there. So that's my main thing.
2: Awesome.
3: And of course, you know that I could go on now for the next hour <laughs> because, and that, and, and in all honesty, my brain is spinning because there's so many things that I would want to say, um, but I can't. And obviously, I won't. I'll save it for orientation. Orientation. Um, <laughs> but, but just the cliff notes, right? So, So for any, and I know we keep coming back to staff, but I think this podcast really is for our staff, Um, you know, any woman who is considering coming to work at IHC or is coming to work at IHC, um, just please know this, that we have each other's backs, Mm -hmm. but we don't give each other free passes for bad behavior. That if you are showing up at IHC to be a strong woman, an empowered woman, a talented woman, a loving woman, a kind woman, a truthful woman, a woman with integrity, that is what you will be met with. But when you don't show up that version of yourself or you have a slip, don't expect us just to overlook that. We will hold you to the standard that you set for yourself. Um, and don't make me the bad guy for holding you to account, right? That yeah. women, we, 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 we often play both sides of that it. like There's moments that we want the respect and we want the credibility and we want all of that. But there's moments that we do um, indulge in really bad behaviors because it just kind of suits our narrative in that moment or our agenda is a better way to put it. Mm
4: -hmm. So
3: I guess I want to say like, come, come and be part of this incredible movement, but know that if you step into that arena, that all the women are going to support you through the good, your good and your tough moments and hold you to account. And then just like finally, um, One of the things that irks me, as all the girls on this um, podcast know, is when women say, I get on a lot better with men. Like, I just don't really like, you know, women, I just find it difficult. Just so you know, that is about you, it is not about all the other women that you struggle to make a connection with you are the person that needs to do some work on that because there are phenomenal women in this world that want to connect with you and can give you all the amazing attributes that men that you are connecting with can give you. If you can't tap into those connections, that's about the choices that you're making or what you are failing to see. So Mm -hmm come to IHC not to have that narrative of, well, I do better with guys. They're just easier, they're simpler. No, come to IHC to say, I need to do better with women and there's no better place for me to flex those muscles than Camp IHC.
0: Amazing, amazing. Uh, Let me just say that this has been uh, an awesome experience for me. It reiterates as as a person who identifies as a male at IHC, why it's such a wonderful place uh, to work. You've all been great listeners to each other. You have represented the self-advocacy, the positive, all the things that you have talked about, you've seen, you've been honest with each other um, in this. And uh, it's just been a conversation. It's not been scripted. You didn't see the questions beforehand. You didn't have time to you know, think you know these through and write down answers. Uh, for those of you who are listening, th- this is, was a conversation with real people in real time. And I want to thank you all for being a part of this uh, special podcast uh, during this month. That w- it shouldn't just be a month; we should be honoring people all the time. We know that, um, but in this particular podcast, honoring the women um, of IHC. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, guys.
3: Thank you, Mark. Hear everybody's voices.
4: Okay.